I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the quarantine queen, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? So tell me if I had an old man moment today. So a tree, like half of my tree fell down in my yard. Yeah, but if, if no one was there, did, did it actually happen? Did Could did you hear it? Did it fall? So I had um, these people come out and um, saw up the tree and all of this stuff. And uh, because I don't own it, actually, I own a chainsaw, but it broke. Long story. And so anyway, I go out there and ask, ask these guys, I'm like, hey, not too much work. Could you like chop up the tree and leave me some firewood? And because I have fireplace, fire pit, all this stuff. And I, yeah, sure. We got you. They leave. I come back out and bro, I was so hyped. Because I have so much firewood now. Hold on. And I, I, How on? I took a picture of it and I was like, this is, it made my heart warm that I have free firewood because I don't have like woods in here. I live in a neighborhood and now I'm just loaded up on firewood for the winter and I'm just hyped about it. I'm like, Barb, look at, I told my wife, I'm like, look how much firewood we have. Is that like, an old man moment all like right, I should so, I not be excited about firewood our listeners that live in dallas will understand how funny this is but the listeners list that are outside of dallas and even out you know out of the country how many months out of the year can you like even use firewood like two maybe like stretching it there's like okay. a 60 day yes, period that you can true. use firewood where it's not like instead of uh, it being semi even like cool outside instead i'm just gonna blast my ac sometimes sometimes on christmas day when i lived in dallas we would blast the ac and then do the fireplace because we wanted to have a fire on christmas day <laughs> yeah i'm guilty of that but i will say i've used my fire pit way more than my fireplace and there's just something oh that's fair chill relax relaxing about setting around the fire pit with a little fire going and I don't know, smoking a cigar, chilling, having some friends over. That's true. The fire pit can be used much more than the fireplace. Yes. Even though if it's like 98 outside, it's like, hey, cool, I'll still burn a fire. It's still, though, if it's really hot, if it's if you're getting to 98, I mean, a fire pit is, you have to be pretty far away from it to be comfortable. <laughs> and even then, you're not going to be comfortable because it's yes. 98 outside. 98 degrees no, Fahrenheit, no. by the way. I have to clarify that. All right. On today's show, we're going to hear from Rick Carlisle again about the arena experience from the fans. I think this was kind of breaking news a little bit. Uh, Isaac's going to down a white glass. We're talking, <laughs> talking about the Mavs today. Uh, Guys, we're also first hear- white claw right now on this pod. <laughs> there he is. Uh, we're also going to hear what yeah. happened to Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Um, we have some news on that from Rick Carlisle. And um, then we're going to hear from DeLon Wright about his role. And we're going to hear a little bit from Christoph Porzingis. He also spoke today to the media. So that's what we got on the docket today. We'll talk all about that. We'll get into everything. All right, Isaac, let's hear from Rick Carlisle to start. Um, also, by the way, uh, I recorded Locked on NBA today with Ben Golliver. He is stuck in his hotel room in Disney in quarantine right now so he is there we got all the 
inside information from Ben about what's going on in the NBA and all that stuff. His uh, everything he's dealing with right now and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to listen to that, go listen to Lockdown NBA. It's me and Ben Golliver today. So go check that out. All right, let's hear from Rick Carlisle. This is about what the arena experience is going to be like because he was asked a specific question and he kind of veers off this question. He doesn't really answer the question, but he goes off into a different direction explaining what the arena experience is going to be like on TV and then also in the arena. As we go into these games without fans, uh, Rick, uh, what type of player, in your opinion, plays well with no fans in the stands? Well, there's going to be fans in the stands. It's just not going to be – they're going to be virtual fans. Uh, They're going to be digital boards all over the arenas. There's going to be home team sounds. There's going to be more camera angles than we ever uh, could have imagined before for an NBA game because of um, the lack of fans in the seats. It just allows more camera placement. And so uh, it's really going to be a compelling situation. Um, we practice today in the uh, in a building that, you know, adjacent to the practice area is one of the game venues. And so, um, you know, I went behind the curtain to check it out and it's, it's really interesting. Um, and I think it's, I think it's going to be really cool. All right. Appreciate it. Okay. Hey coach. Uh, well, following up on that, uh, had you not seen any of the playing venues before today? Well, We've uh, we've had calls where uh, the league has gone over, you know, the, the, what the what the environment's going to look like and, and the settings and you know, um, PowerPoint decks of pictures and so on and so forth. But um, to actually set foot in it today was uh, was really cool, you know. And but the NBA is is one of the all time most creative. Um, sports leagues in history. I mean, you talk about being inventive when uh, when adversity hits. This is just uh, this is just tremendously cool. And so, um, we'll look forward to playing those games. Practices continue to move along. Um, we've been in a let's see, we've been in four different venue practice venues uh, uh, in five practice days. So that's been. Um, that's been interesting too to see how they've they've been able to, you know, set this place up for for maximum efficiency. So, couple things in there. There's going to be fans. They're just not going to be there. So there's going to be digital <laughs> boards with fans on them. Like, how is this going to work? Is this going to look like the NFL draft where you just had like a Zoom call with like 50 fans from one team just in the background? Like, I don't understand how that's going to work. I'm hoping he's meaning like in a figurative sense. I, I really hope they don't have screen because that NFL draft thing was. No, he's not. He's not. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I just yeah, I do find everything how he was describing the in arena experience fascinating. I even saw uh, I saw like I think Ugetti uh, from the Ringer tweet out. Uh, you know, for, for a lot of people it's kind of like an unknown right now of what that uh, experience is going to look like in the arena during the actual game. And he tweeted out today with like what Rick was saying about it. Cause a lot of people kind of got a little glimpse of that because no one's really talking about it right now. And just the different camera angles. I was wondering just what the players, uh, not that, you know, it matters what they think about camera angles, but 
I mean, we're going to have every angle in the world, it seems like, that of watching these games, not just from a broadcast thing, but just stuff that they're probably going to try to pull off. It just, I'm excited. I watched it a little bit. You kind of convinced me a little bit of the, uh, the, um, basketball tournament the other day so i turned it on for the elam ending and all of it's that great. and i mean i wouldn't say it was great but i mean it what was like mean? fun i guess just because the, did I you watch the final did you watch the end yeah, of the I final mean, yeah. that was great they yeah, were tied the going three. into the elam ending for a million dollars that was awesome yeah that was it was cool i think it, it it was cooler because i haven't seen basketball in a bit but um i do yeah i just want to see what the nba does with the stands because i think they have these they have these huge like banners or something around around the court i thought um that kind of block out you know the stands and stuff but i'm just i'm really curious on what the nba pulls off for that experience yeah if you watch the basketball tournament this is a tournament that happens in columbus ohio and it usually happens right now like during the summer it usually happens this this same time when there's nothing going on like no basketball at all like not even summer league has, has started yet and it's guys that did play in college. Some of them played in the NBA. Like uh, Dwight Bikes was a, a like a, a training camp invitee for the Mavs a little while ago. What was the other one? Jamil Wilson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was another guy that was was on the Mavs training uh, roster a couple years ago, and he was on a team. Both those guys were on a team, and so it's guys like that that were on college teams, and they all join up and they play. The winning team wins a million dollars, and so I was on ESPN. And they didn't have any fans. They were all in some kind of bubble. And that went off without a hitch, which I thought was also very positive. Um, they had one team that had quarantine, uh, that had uh, COVID kind of hit a couple of players. And that team had to bow out. And so they were not able to to finish. But uh, I didn't hear about any others. Maybe I missed that. But uh, yeah, the in-arena experience for them, they just put a whole bunch of banners in front of the the stands as the camera's facing. And then you can kind of see this empty stands, you know, close like the stands that are closest to the camera that the, the actual camera is in. So, uh, but you could hear the players like talking. They actually mic'd up the referees and the coaches. And so you could hear them talking as well. Thought that was interesting, but yeah, what Carlisle's talking about here, there's a lot of aspects and we can get into this all day, how, how this is actually going to look, but, um, it's going to be interesting the to see. N- and the fact that Carlisle is saying the NBA is one of the most creative leagues. And so I think they have other stuff that we're not expecting yet. Yeah. The in arena, uh, like sounds for the home team. Like, what does that even look like? Yeah. Are we going to get the defense, you know, for all of that? NBA, I mean, I'm still here if you want me to run the soundboard <laughs> for teams, right? If you want me to hit the MVP, Nick's just, chant, hitting buttons. just hit a button. I'll, I'll do it. I'll be the, I'll be the, uh, the DJ. So, all right, coming up. Let's but no, get. You- Let's we'll talk about you, this a little bit more because I think there's more to get into, but we do have to uh, we do have to, to talk about some, some stuff. So coming up, we'll get into more about this in arena experience. We'll talk about Michael K. Gilchrist, and then we'll hear from Delon Wright. But before we do that, there are so many different kinds of cars out there. Probably every single person listening to this podcast could. We could probably cover all the cars that are out there, all the makes, all the models, all the years. So many cars out there. I know some of you guys are interested in rebuilding a car or need to just fix up the car you have now. You got a fixer upper, a clunker. I've had those for years. Those are so frustrating. But you don't know where to get the exact right pieces, the exact right parts for your car. And that's where rockauto.com comes in. They're a family business serving auto parts to 
to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet for your car. Whether it's for a classic car, your daily driver, the clunker I talked about, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks and they deliver it directly to your door. You don't have to go to a brick and mortar store, only see like three selections, three options for what you're looking for and then all the prices are just about you know the same and they're overpriced, all that. RockAuto.com is a catalog that's unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose by the brand, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, Rock Auto prices are always reliably low, and for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts at a brick-and-mortar store or at a dealer or somewhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck right in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk a little bit more about this in-arena experience because this seems to be the big thing coming out of um, you know, out of Carlisle's pressure today. Uh, so there's all these different aspects of it. He said, what did he say? Specifically, he said, digital boards around the arena, home team sounds, and more cameras placed everywhere. So the NBA has tried some of this camera stuff, but they haven't tried some no. of this camera stuff where they don't have fans, right? They tried the, what is it? What was the one shot that everyone hated? It was like a, it was on a wire above the above the court, and so it would just like slide back and forth. They've tried that camera, and that that angle was kind of weird. It was cool for a couple. It was cool a couple times, but to watch a game like that was really jarring. Uh, what do you think about the different camera angles that they're gonna try? Hey, I, I, here's my thing. I, I commend them for trying different camera angles. Just give make it as an option. That's all I want. I, I want to be able to watch an NBA game from a normal camera angle and it not like you don't have to watch it from these weird angles or just going back and forth. Make it another option. Make it something on online or whatever it is. I mean, I think maybe you could you know roll these out when it gets later in the playoffs. Maybe not during uh, the regular season when there's so many games going on during the day. But once it gets later in the playoffs, then maybe you could have like two channels and it's like ESPN one, ESPN two or whatever it is. And it's like then you have like alternate angles, different stuff. And then you have like the traditional way of you know, the broadcast, whatever it is. So that's my only thing, because that's going to get really frustrating if we're watching it from a camera angle that we absolutely hate. And will they listen to like the viewership? You know, when, what did the NFL do uh, or listen to the fans? What I think the NFL made their like the ticker at the bottom uh, the same color or the score, the same color as like the flag, like that yellow of the flag, like when they throw a penalty flag. And so many people complained about it because you thought there was a flag after every single play. And that the NFL like listened to it and they, they end up switching it, you know, I moving th- forward so many weeks. I think it was mid game. Didn't they switch that like in the middle of a game? It was, yes. Yeah, it was yeah. like halftime. Yeah, they yeah, switched, they switched it. It. <laughs> it. It might have been like Super Bowl or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, I just remembered that. And I, I what I was going to say while it goes, the Carla comment you talked about, just him praising the NBA and just how creative they are. And, and here lately, I've been trying to listen to like what baseball is about to be, you know, try to pull off. And there's so much uncertainty what baseball is and just like what's going to happen to the NFL. And I count to think, I'm like, there's no way any other league could pull off what the NBA is pulling off right now. Like the NBA is like up here when it comes to like creativity 
and making just ever all of the the bubble concept. And I know it's in, like it's easier for NBA because you're playing inside on a basketball Less court and players. like you can't yeah, you can't do that with an NFL field and like all this stuff. But just everything that went into the bubble concept and everything the NBA is trying to pull off, compare that to What's going on in baseball right now? Everything seems so confusing. I mean, they're about to like travel to the different cities and all this different stuff. And like, you're like, even their top players in the league are still like uncertain about it. And it's just, it seems like the NBA, when Carl was talking about their creativity, it does seem like they're like a notch above the other leagues. And uh, yeah, we could go a bunch of different directions than that. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's all kinds of different ways that you could definitely take that. Um, yeah, so we're in for something different for this uh, for this NBA, you know, watching experience, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope that it kind of starts with the scrimmages, we get a little taste, and then they really dive into it during the regular season, and then uh, hopefully the regular season ends up being sort of this experiment where they're able to try stuff like you know we mentioned the, the scoreboard for the NFL. Uh, hopefully they try stuff like that and they get it right by the time we get to the playoffs because that'd be really annoying if there's something that just is annoying on the screen all the time or in the arena like. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that happens during the playoffs because playoffs is when you just really want to watch the basketball and you don't really want to get caught up in the gimmicks at that point. Yeah, I feel like the scrimmages will be the testing ground, right? I mean, right. let them roll out stuff in the scrimmages and I even, I know we joked about it on yesterday's pod about like if they made it pay-per-view, how much you would pay and I tweeted it out today. I was like, what would, what would be the maximum amount you would pay for your team's like three-game scrimmage package? And I put zero, like I wouldn't pay. Then I put $20, $35, $50. And a lot of people replied or quote tweeted it with, yeah, I'm not like, I, there's no way on earth I would ever pay for this. This is dumb. But it actually had some votes for $50, that people would pay $50 for a three-game <laughs> scrimmage package. Uh, but the majority of people said they wouldn't pay or they'd pay up to $20. And I think if it came down to it and if they charge people for uh, – the scrimmage games. But, I mean, I, I think we, uh, I sent you a DM today. I mean, of course, you already knew it because Lakers over here, uh, that the Lakers are going to, their local broadcast is going to, you know, air all three of their scrimmage games. So if we can tune in to, uh, was it something Spectrum, whatever, we could Spectrum watch that Lakers Sports Net. There Bi- you go. Billy Mack and Stu Lance. It's good. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Stop. Okay. Um, we also learned what is up with. Michael K. Gilchrist, we uh, had all this. Ha- we all had this question. Apparently, we all asked Chuck Cooperstein because that was the reason why he asked this question. He said, "I'm asking you because everyone's asked me." So here's what Carlisle said about Michael K. Gilchrist or Michael Carter Williams. I, mean, I don't know the difference between the two. Uh, is Michael K. Gilchrist with you guys? Is is every all twelve of your supposed healthy players uh, working with you guys right now? Well, we're we're working to get him here logistically. Um, and we hope that that happens soon. That's the shortest Carlisle answer I think we've <laughs> ever heard. He is he's very close to the vest about things like that, right? Where there's mm-hmm. um, players that are there, maybe injury type stuff. Like he just really doesn't like to share a lot of information if he doesn't have to. And so he was specifically asked about Michael Kid Gilchrist, and then Coop's question about the twelve players was kind of open ended, and so he didn't answer the rest of it. He didn't say yes, all twelve player, you know, all twelve players or whatever are here. Uh, Trey Burke, we're not really sure. Like we're getting every day, the you know the Mavs are sending us that um, B-roll footage of practice, and we it's only like certain shots of players. It's some of the stuff you've seen us do, like promos with Boban and Luca and stuff like that. And so you don't get to see the whole the whole practice court or anything like that. But 
neither of us have seen Trey Burke in any of the Instagram stuff. We haven't seen him on the B-roll footage. So we know now for sure that Kid Gilchrist isn't there. We're not sure about Trey Burke yet. And that's that's the unknown with all 22 teams, you know, in Disney that unless like we would have never known for sure if MKG was there or not, if Rick was not asked directly, is MKG there at, you know, at the bubble, in the bubble? And because teams just don't have to tell because in a normal settings with with media walking into practice, that's one of the things that you hear. (laughs) I I heard earlier. Well, yeah, I heard early on uh, just like trying to pick the brains of these you know sports writers that's been in the business forever. And it's like one of the first things they would do is they would walk into a practice. When I would walk in with them, I would see some of them. They would just they their eyes would go across the gym and count the people in the gym. And then because at, at first when I was like a rookie at doing media stuff, I would wonder. I'm like, dang, how's Brad Townsend or how does Eddie Sefko when he was still at the news? How does these guys know that like so and so is missing? And it's because they were like counting. And it's like they looked around. It's like, all right, well. Yogi Ferrell's not here. So, Coach, what is up with Yogi Ferrell? I didn't see him. And it's stuff like that, but you can't – there's no way of knowing that now because no one's in practice. No one's going there. So, it's it's weird. I mean, Brad's there. I think he's going to – he'll be able to go to end the practice or something afterwards uh, or when he's out of his quarantine. But that's the wild thing right now. It feels like we're learning. I mean, I didn't know Harrison Barnes wasn't with the Kings until he tweeted out that he had tested positive COVID and he was still, you know, recovering and all this stuff. And it's like, we don't know who's with what team in Disney unless they <laughs> specifically say it. So it, it's kind of wild right now. Or we see it on Instagram, right? You have all the Instagram sleuths like myself and you that are looking through Instagram, <laughs> trying to find yeah. these, uh, you know, specific posts and try to see people. And uh, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Some of this stuff that we're, we're doing and reporting on. So there's your answer about Michael K. Gilchrist. He's just not there. <laughs> He's not there yet. Logistically, they're trying to get him there. That's that's an interesting answer to me. Um, because what does that what does that even mean, right? It do- yeah, I don't. That doesn't. I don't, yeah, I don't. That doesn't sound like he tested positive, right? Or, or yeah, I just don't want to speculate yeah, on what like, it is. Yeah. Like it it could be anything, and um, yeah. I mean, I honestly have no clue. So yeah, that's it. Where could he be? Logistically, maybe he's in a different country. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Logistically, what does that mean? Uh, so that's yeah. my big question coming out of that. I think that had that gave me more questions <laughs> than it did answered questions. I think. All right, coming up, let's hear from Delon Wright, and then we'll hear a little bit from Christoph Porzingis. All right, Isaac Harris, let's hear from. DeLon Wright, he was asked just a couple questions, but this was one of the questions he was asked uh, about his role on the team and if he, you know, uh, had thought about or t- had talked about his role on the team a little bit more. Yeah, um, over the break, we talked uh, a couple times and um, he just piggybacked off of the, uh, the Denver game, our last game that we had and the impact that I made uh, defensively and, you know, hitting threes. He, he said he sees that, you know, being a normal thing for me uh, and kind of, Something that I should be able to do every game is, uh, you know, pick up full court, be disrupt, be disruptive, um, you know, defensively and offensively when I see fit, um, you know, do what I can do best. So there you go. That's a little bit of an answer. I feel like people have been the only thing people have asked about DeLon Wright really is, is he okay with his role? Does he know what his role is? Is he comfortable in his role? And there you go. You got the answer to that, at least part of it. We had the answer that him and Carlisle have talked about it. They have, you know, talked about his role specifically. And it feels like Carlisle has really laid out the plan for what DeLon Wright's role is going to be in this stretch run and into the playoffs. It's you are 
uh, a situational type offensive player, right? When you see, he said, when I see fit to do what I do on the offensive end. So when he is able to, he's not going to be the one dominating the ball all the time on offense, which I think is, is right. Uh, and when he does get the ball, he has to be aggressive and, and, you know, take advantage of his strengths and then be a disruptor on defense. You are there to be, de- to guard guards. You are there to be disruptive, to pick up full court when you can. I thought that was a very specific line that I think really came straight from Carlisle is, uh, pick up full court when you can. I feel like that is definitely from the coach, right? Like <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not uh, something he came up with himself. Yeah, and you go back. I mean, I, I just pulled up that last game against Denver, and I think it's kind of ironic that it's against Denver, and Dallas could very well play Denver in the playoffs. Uh, but that last game of the season, there, you know, he played he played 28 minutes in that game. They won by 16. He was a plus 27 in that game, and he referenced that game and how Rick told him about his defense and just uh, how well he played in that game. And Dallas is going to need him. Like he's going to be a, a key part for them off the bench. Sure. He's going to get minutes, and uh, especially. I mean, he's probably the second best, you know, wing defender behind Dorian, and we're gonna see we're gonna see Delon get some minutes at the three. I think you know, come come time in Disney, and he's gonna play one through three. He's gonna guard guys like you know Jamal Murray if he's you know going against Denver or the Westbrooks of the world, and you know that. And I think depending on how well he can play and hit the outside shot. I think it could become a debate between him and Seth. I think Seth is clearly over him, but if Delon ups his, you know, percentage a little bit and he's knocking down that three, it could be the hey, do we do we need Delon's defense with Dorian in some of these scenarios, or can we get away with Seth's defense but a better outside shooter with Seth uh, and leave Dorian guarding their primary guy? So. Uh, I'm excited for him, and I think he could have a big role for Dallas. Absolutely, he's definitely you know part of that top. He's part of the top seven, right? Like that, the, we've talked about the yeah. top seven Mavericks, and it's it's the starting. I'd say it's a top six, but then I think seven, a notch below Maxi is is then Delon. then it's Delon. Yeah, he's the seventh. He's the seventh guy. He's the seventh man <laughs> at this point. Yeah, uh, and so that's good that he he has at least he has a defined role now. So whether he accepts it or whether he embraces it or whether he like Isaac said you know really steps up his game in those areas we'll see I mean that that's I didn't really have a question for DeLon Wright today because I feel like I just want to I just want him I just want to see what he's going to do right like I feel like I need to see more from him in order to really have a good understanding of who he's going to be and uh his future on the team really that that's to me what it is so all right last thing we're gonna get to today is uh Chris Porzingis. he was asked a question about coming back um specifically about coming back with his injury we've all kind of said well what's this going to do for a guy like you know this long layoff going to do for Porzingis who you know was still he was just finally getting back into full form from his ACL injury feels like we've talked about Porzingis' ACL injury for so long right like how long is this, this is like the new China trip right <laughs> or for, forever or the new yeah. India trip like man we've talked about the, the uh the uh, what what is it the jet lag <laughs> it's the new it's the new China trip jet lag thing so all right let's hear from Chris Porzingis. when you first came back at the start of the season after being out for over a year and a half can you take us back and tell us what concerns you had leading up to that first game um I wouldn't say I had any any concerns uh, I think it was just uh, a matter of time of me finding finding the rhythm, um, getting used to playing with these guys, with a new group, with a new coach in a new system. Uh, I think it was more that, um, and obviously in my mind, I thought I was going to just jump right into it and just get going right away. So my expectations were here. 
and I could feel from the people around me they were like kind of trying to calm me down a little bit and so so that if things don't go exactly how I planned that I'm not um, I'm not you know mad or, or whatever so and things weren't going my way right away uh, but slowly as, as the season went on you know I got into more rhythm and 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 start playing at the level that I know I can play and, and even better. So yeah, I'm looking forward to just getting back right into that. And, and um, but in terms of the health, I, I never really had any concerns and I felt good from, from day one. So he didn't have any concerns then. Doesn't sound like he's going to have any concerns now. He's ready to get back into it. He has always been a guy that's played really well the first half of season, first half of the season. Uh, and this this past year was when he really kicked it in the last ha- last sort of half of the season. I guess we could call it the last half. It was like the beginning of the last sure. half, right? <laughs> um, I, mean, I guess we could split it into quarters, the first three quarters of the season. But uh, this could also be good for him, you know, because he, he does start the seasons really well, especially in New York. He did that. Um, and now this is like a start of a new season for him. Yeah, I don't want to spoil my written do story it, too it. much. Spoil it all. Uh, Tell us all. I actually kind of, I kind of referenced it last week uh, that I was thinking about uh, writing about it and actually did. So it's going to come out on maps.com uh, pretty soon, I guess. But it's all about yeah, Porzingis. And when he uttered that line, I guess it was before they left. It was in Dallas. And he said maybe it was a mistake. I think it was it was a mistake about how much weight he put on, how he, how he focused. He didn't use the word weight. He said that he focused so much on the physical aspect that maybe it was too much and and I so I wrote about that I talked to Casey Smith uh, with the Mavericks and all this stuff and um, just how Porzingis was 223 pounds his rookie season in New York and over the course of his rookie season, he he gained like 10, 15 pounds. And then he was like, man, I thought it was too much. Then he went, he lost a little bit and all this stuff. And then everything was about this season uh, over the offseason. Oh, my gosh, Ivan Drago. And we have, you know, Rocky, <laughs> let's go. And the workout pictures, the Instagram, the mirror shots, all of this stuff. We talked about how much he was, he was beefed up. He says at media day, I'm like 242, 243 right now. We're all like, dang it's 20 pounds since his rookie season and like how much he's gotten stronger and then you know fast forward till now and he's like I maybe that was like too much maybe I, I focused too much on the physical aspect of it so and the angle I took of it like finding the optimal shape for a player to play at to where he can be at his highest level Porzingis played at the skinny version of himself in his rookie season now he's played as the beefed up guy at the beginning of this season and both of them kind of had their issues, their flaws a little bit, but he knows it. And now he's like finding that sweet spot. He's finding that balance of what is the best spot for me to be for my body to where I can hit the highest level of my game. And I think he's getting really close to it. Hopefully he's getting close. Hopefully he's trying to, he's figuring out what that is. And uh, yeah, so go read that piece whenever it comes out. I guess we don't know when it's going to come out, but um, I'll tweet about it. I don't know. So yeah, just follow Isaac at Isaac Harris on Twitter. So there you go. Uh, that's some stuff from from the the bubble. Isaac, how's the uh, how's the white claw holding up? I did not down it the whole time, but there's a decent amount of it gone. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. They're not that good either, but <laughs> I don't. Really, I'm not really a fan of seltzer, but all right, we'll be back, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.